Hello and welcome to the Roman Around League podcast. I'm your host, former NFL scout, Tyler Roman. Today's episode, I'm going to take a look back at the Washball Team Dallas Cowboys game from last weekend. The team suffered its first loss since Halloween on Sunday. It was an uphill battle from the jump the team was never able to climb out of. Also look ahead to the huge Washington Bowl Team Eagles game this upcoming weekend. This game has major implications for the playoffs. Obviously, there's a lot of stuff going around with COVID. Let's see what this team could be able to put out there on Sunday. But with the win this weekend, they will be firmly implanted for a playoff spot. Lastly, I'll take a look at some waiver wire pickups and matchup based starts for your fantasy football teams. A lot to cover, so here we go. Talking about the Washington Team in Dallas game last Sunday, you know, Michael Parsons was a difference in that game, especially in the first half. He's a stud. I mean, there's no, there's no if ands, or buts about it. Like, listening back to the pot, my mock draft podcast last April, last spring, whatever you want to say, I firmly said he was the best defensive player in the draft. It wasn't a talent issue. It was an immaturity issue that he showed at Penn State. And obviously, the talent has come to the forefront here in his rookie year in Dallas. So he's doing it all. Rushing off the edge, he's a good off-ball linebacker, he's rushing from the inside, he can cover well, like I said, he's doing a little bit of everything, and he's been a fantastic player for Dallas. And he was, like I said, the biggest difference maker of the first half, and why Washington was in that hole. Offense can never really get anything going. You know, Taylor was pretty awful. I mean, he didn't have it from the jump, he looked rattled, didn't look no- like he did these last four games during the win streak, looked more that lull that he had after the Atlanta game, and before the Tampa Bay game, kind of looked reverted to some of those habits. O-line didn't do him any favors, but the decision-making just was outright horrendous. He could have had two or three interceptions. It was back-to-back plays where he threw it into single cover, excuse me, triple coverage, and then one of the was five DBs, I think it was around DeAndre Carter. Um, and again, he just gets into a bad situation when his team is trailing. He thinks he can win it or get it back in one play, and that's just not possible here in the NFL. Or obviously, just in any time playing football, you're not going to be able to get 20 points on a play. So he's got to you know take what they give him and just go back to... You know, the way he plays when his team is at the lead or it's in you know normal score game. So Taylor just presses way too much within those situations and he has a tendency to make bad decisions. And that's what he was in the process of doing. I didn't think we should have went to Kyle Allen earlier. I think Taylor was definitely hurt. Kyle looked pretty good for the most part there in that second half and, you know, helped the team almost, you know, have a monumental comeback. Tony Gibson, you know, has to get going. Uh, the football was a huge momentum co- um, momentum killer. Um, Gibson only had 36 yards. With that fumble, the team was down, I think, two possessions at the time. It was late third quarter and, you know, kind of killed a lot of momentum. The Cowboys got a field goal after that, luckily, because the defense held, you know, held their end of the bargain. They've been playing really well. They played well in this game, but um, Gibson definitely did not help with that fumble. He's really, again, being a former receiver, he's not used to running through traffic as much, but at this point, it's going to a second year. He's got to know this is, you know, this is part of the job. It's part of running, being a running back. You want to stay in the field. You got to have two ends of the ball, especially when you're going through traffic. Thought Cornelius Lucas and Brandon Sheriff struggled. Um, they just haven't. They didn't look very good. Sheriff got beat by Parson that one blitz. Lucas little looked a little slow against Demarcus Lawrence. Charles Leno was banged up, but he fought back and you know did okay for the most part. Um, Titans didn't really have an impact. Reese Jones, they had one catch. Um, John Bates had that one screenplay for about twenty yards, but again they didn't really do too much. Diggs did a good job on Terry. I'm not going to take that away from Diggs as a good corner. I, I think I said in the last podcast, I think he's a little overrated just because. He's not a top coverage corner. Obviously, he has amazing ball skills and an instinct for the instinct for the ball. But, um, but you know, Sunday this past Sunday, he did a very good job against Terry. Terry, Terry had you know one step on him that one play that Taylor underthrew him, um, and you know he did a good job on Terry. Obviously, he did get mossed by Cam Sims in the touchdown later in the game. Um, but again, Diggs did really well. But again, Taylor didn't do too many favors for Terry, especially in that deep ball that Terry wasn't being covered by Trayvon there. But if 
Taylor hit him in stride or didn't, you know, loft it so much, Taylor would have never got hit and been put in that situation to suffer a concussion. Also, where's Curtis in the same uh, game plan? Curtis Samuel, you know, I thought he only played 14 plays. It was supposed to play more, apparently, due to what Ron said. That didn't happen. Um, fast forward to Wednesday, he didn't practice today with a hamstring injury. That's different than the groin injury, so maybe that had to do with it. But if he is healthy, he needs to be part of this game plan because that's going forward because he is one of the most dynamic players in this offense. Humphreys is solid. I mean, he just, I think I said last week, too, he just... A chain mover. He's great on third down. Good solid hands. Runs, you know, really crisp routes. Not great after the catch, but again, he gets catch the ball and you know maybe gets a yard or two upfield. DeAndre Carter was okay. He needs to make that catch late in the game from Kyle Allen. That was a beautiful, beautiful throw by Kyle. It was a dime. Carter catches that ball. You never know what happens in that game. Maybe Washington takes takes a lead. You have no idea. Maybe they go for touchdown and go for two, and it could have been a whole different ball game, but um, needs to make that catch. It was a tougher catch, but needs to happen. Kansas was good. I mean, like I referenced earlier, that touchdown against Trayvon Diggs was awesome. Um, that's what happens when you're a 6'5 receiver and have good hands. Um, I, I just, I'd still been blasphemous this whole year why he hasn't played much. I don't understand it, and he needs to play more going forward, but Fast forward to Wednesday, like when I'm recording this, he has COVID. So let's see if he can even play on Sunday. He's going to need two negative tests if he is vaccinated. If not, he'll be out till the Dallas game next week. But Cam is someone that needs to be more part of the offense going forward. Kyle Allen was good for the time, you know, for the time that he played, especially coming off an injury. It's his really first extensive action in the regular season since that leg injury last year. I'm getting, like I mentioned, a beautiful deep throw to Carter. Um, they definitely, uh, he looked mobile too. He had, I think, at least one first down run. Um, so Kyle looked good. He didn't look like he was worried about his leg. Um, they can win with him, in my belief. But again, another guy that's tested positive for COVID. So hopefully it's Taylor, the Taylor Heineke show again this Sunday because you don't want to go to Kyle Schirmer or Jordan Tamahu, who they signed to the practice squad, the former Ole Miss quarterback. Um, but luckily Taylor did practice in full this Wednesday. They needed to attack Anthony Brown more. The guy had four PIs against the Raiders and just said looks lost in coverage when the ball is in the air. So I thought they should have took advantage of that matchup. They didn't. Moving on to defense. Defense was good enough to win that game. Uh, they really were. I mean, the only points they really allowed um, was off of offensive turnovers or you know bad breaks, and they did a really good job. Dak was bad, and defense was part of that. And they were able to confuse coverages and you know put put guys in position to make plays on Dak's Aaron throws. Could have had four interceptions. It had the two. Obviously, the Cole Holcomb pick six and the Landon Collins interception. But Jamin Davis dropped one interception. Kenneth Fuller dropped the interception in the first drive. Um, neutralized the run game and did a good job on all three receivers. I think all of them had less than 60 yards apiece. And that's all you can ask for going against CeeDee Lamb, Mari Cooper, and Michael Gallup. The players on the edge played in experience as expected with all the COVID injuries. Rotimi and Jameson Williams and uh, Shaka Tony, they just, you know, they don't have experience. And they're basically preseason guys that have to play regular season minutes because of the injuries. So I, I'm, not, I'm not really going to expand on that because they weren't great. Um, but it is what it is at this point. Um, Allen and Payne uh, did what they could. The circumstances, obviously, with having less help on the outside. Would love to see Settle get a little more run. I think he's just as good as Ionitis, um, especially against the run, but he just doesn't get as many carries. Ionitis hasn't had as good a year this year. Allen and Payne both had a sack. Um, Allen, obviously, is a stud, pro bowler this year. Obviously, the sad news there is he has COVID, along with Matt Ionitis. Interested to see if he can play on Sunday. He is vaccinated, so hopefully there's a shot there. Jamie Davis is okay for the most part. He's had the drop interception, but... Um, 
he's steadily, steadily getting better, even if it's slow at incremental pace. Um, but again, with the more reps he get, eventually he's going to be, I think, a really good linebacker. Cole Holcomb was good, especially that huge play for the interception for a touchdown. Got this team right back into it. With really a chance to win the game. Um, and it was just, you know, obviously great play in the ball. Um, good ball skills, especially from a linebacker position. Showed his speed to break away for the touchdown. Kenneth Fuller was good in coverage. He had a really, really good game in tackling again. He's been really good tackler over these last four or five, six weeks. Um, and he struggled with that, that first, the three or four weeks of the season. So Kendall was huge in that third down against Michael Gallup that got the Washington football team the ball back late in the game when they were trailing by a touchdown. But Kendall was great. William Jackson, the third, had another good day, minus, I thought it was a, a BSPI call against Michael Gallup. I think that was like in the second quarter. Um, so, uh, he was good for the most part. He's been really good, really, these last you know four or five games during the win sheet, so it's good to have him playing the way they thought he was when they signed him. Cam Crow does what Cam does. Um, again, I think the best tackler on the team, probably the best instincts on the team as well. He was good. Bob McCain was you know solid for the most part, and Landon Collins was awesome. Um, I think he had probably his second best game of the year right there with that Denver game. Um, he's really hitting his stride and groove with this team. You know, This is year three with him, and I think it's just finally have him playing the position he needs to be playing. The Buffalo nickel was a little hybrid of safety and linebacker. And it was huge having him back out there because it was a huge difference maker, and they really need him on this defense going forward to continue to hopefully get back to those winning ways they showed in November. Uh, uh, Cowboys were the healthier and better team Sunday, and it obviously showed really from the jump. And obviously they took their foot off the gas pedal that allowed Washington to get back in, but it shows that Washington never gives up, and they're always fighting out there. So that's always great to see from your team if you're Ron Rivera. Moving to the Philly matchup this Sunday. Um, have to neutralize Jalen Hurts. Jalen Hurts is probably top three running back excuse me, running quarterback in this league outside of Lamar Jackson and maybe Kyler Murray. Um, he's a big part of the running game with read options, and, you know, he can score really. He has great speed from a quarterback position. Um, and a tough runner, too. He can be tough to bring down. Um, he's, it's also hugely even the pocket. He can escape from the pocket, pick up 10 yards easy. Um, I ha they have to make him a throw in this game. He, he has to beat you with his arm. Um, I think he is supposed to play this week. I haven't heard anything about Minshew being able to start. Um, so Jalen seems to be the guy, and again, you had to have him beat you with his arm because he's not a prolific passer at this point in his career. Would be huge to have Montez back um, to set the edge, especially with his athleticism, and if they're going to be running those RPOs. Montez has seen it before; he's athletic to account for it. Thing about that is, he ten days would be right at Saturday, so hopefully he's able to play on Sunday coming back from COVID. But you can't expect too much from him considering he really hasn't practiced in over a month between the jaw, the broken jaw, and the COVID. So. Um, it would be good to have Mac, and even getting back Jason Williams to Casey Tuhill will be huge too because they played good assignment football, good techniques, and they need someone really just to play their assignments and play them well to, against you know, this running game that's been really picking up the pace here for Philly. Obviously, they need Jonathan Allen. He's been the best player all year for Washington, but obviously a huge unknown with COVID. They need him out there. It's going to be a huge, huge loss if he's not out there. Um, Ioannidis, again, is out, so you're really leaning on really drawing pain because Sam Settlesman has COVID as well. Kendall Fuller's out with COVID. That's huge. Kendall's been great during the win streak and even had a good game last week. I guess you're going to have Kenny, Danny Johnson out there or maybe Daryl Roberts get some run. But Danny Johnson really good in the slot, so I don't know if you really want to move him. Um, but I, I guess out of necessity, you're going to do what you do. Troak, he also has a positive for COVID, even though you didn't want you don't want him playing quarterback anyways for you. But that's a lot of unknowns of that corner position. It's big having St. Juice on IR as well. It'd be good to have him, but they don't. They signed Orchard, the old Washington friend that had a good year for or, Good game or two and two as a 19 against Carolina. Oddly enough, against Ron Rivera to rush off the edge, he might have to start on Sunday, depending on what happens with if anyone's able to get cleared um, from COVID protocols before then. Uh, but Orchard could be out there with Shaka Tony um, and Rotimi. 
um, and I don't know, they've assigned a few other guys as well to basically just fill out some bodies. <laughs> so Philly has embraced the run game with Hurts with leading the way. Miles Sanders and Jordan Howard are banged up, but have been really been leading the charge for them. Miles is a really talented running back at Penn State, and he's he's been very good for them when healthy and when they actually give him the ball. Um, so he's had a good couple weeks since coming back from IR. Jordan Howard's a grizzled vet um, that he's had actually a good couple weeks as well. They also have Boston Scott, who's more of a small, compact runner at 5'6", and Kenneth Gainwell is the rookie from Memphis, who's a talented player. He's good out of the backfield as well. They have a lot of speed to receiver with uh, Devontae Smith, Jalen Rager, and Quez Watkins. Uh, Devontae Smith is clearly the best of the bunch, my favorite. Second eh, second favorite receiver last year outside of Jamar Chase coming out of the draft. He's only going to get better. Um, loved him at Bama. Didn't matter his side. He, he gets open, doesn't really get pushed off his route, um, even being so skinny. But he he's a really good receiver for Philly. Rager has struggled. He's been a borderline bust since he's been a first-round pick two years ago. Um, great speed for Philly, but uh, for Washington's sake, it's really great that they didn't take Justin Jefferson and took Jalen Rager instead uh, back in the 2020 draft. Goddard has been one of their better tight ends in the league right now. Um, hopefully, I want to see some Cam Carroll on him. I think Cam could do a good job on the job on him in man coverage. But Goddard's having a good year, and he's been their number one tight end, and they paid him like that a couple weeks ago. Their offensive line is uh, Jordan Maialata, left tackle, Landon Dickerson, Travis Kelsey, Nate Ehrberg, and um, Lane Johnson. Uh, Lane Johnson's been around for a while at their right tackle. They're a good run offensive line, but um, I think they can be beat in the past game, especially if Allen and Sweat can play. That would be huge. If not, then they're not going to get much push, much like they didn't get against Dallas with all those backups in. Um, they have to stop the run and make Hurts throw. As Like I said, I've mentioned that before, but that's the best chance of victory. I think I do what they can to limit the running game because that's what been Philly's bread and butter. They turn around their season. Um, really, these last six weeks, they've, they've played a lot of better football, and that's it's no secret. It's because they've embraced the run game. Uh, defensively, they have a solid front, war, front four with Josh Sweat. Um, he has five sacks. They have Javon Hargrave. Um, defensive tackle. From uh, he came from Pittsburgh. He's had a really good year from Philly. He has seven and a half sacks. Then you have Fletcher Cox, who's been you know around since 2011. You know one of the better defensive tackles of the last 10 years, probably top five in that in that category. Still really good against the run. Only one and a half sacks this year, though. Derek Barnett's the other edge rusher. Um, I think he only has two and a half sacks this year, so he's a guy that struggled a little bit, but he had a good year last year. Um, four, I think he's a five-year veteran out of Tennessee. Um, I think a healthy Washington line can handle them for the most part. This is in Dallas's front with. Parsons and Gregory and Demarcus Lawrence. I think they can hold their own against this front four. Alex Singleton and Edwards, a linebacker, an average group for Philly. Um, not really deference makers. Darius Slay is a very good corner still, but they have Ante Maddox, Steven Nelson at corner. Um, try to stay away from uh, Slay, especially if Terry is not able to go because Slay still can obviously make some plays in the ball. I think he has two pick sixes this year. Um, Anthony Harris, Rodney McLeod, and Kayvon Wallace, the safety is a solid group. Anthony Harris is a first-year player for well, first-year player in Philly, but he had a good run at Minnesota before that. Obviously, just a lot of no, a lot of unknowns with this team and offense right now. Um, Taylor at least was a full participant in practice on Wednesday, so hopefully he's able to go. They need him to go with Kyle not able to play with COVID, or maybe Kyle get you know cleared before that. JD McKenzie did not practice today with a concussion. Terry McLaurin didn't practice today with a concussion. They absolutely are vital to this offense's success. Leading them out there, um, I think they can move the ball without those two guys, but it's going to be very, very tough, especially since they're going to really lean on Gibson. If they load up the box, which of course Philly should do, um, it's going to be tough to you know get the pass game going. But I'm not saying it's impossible. Um, again, if those guys are out, it's going to make it a lot more tough. Um, have to get back to the run game. You have to lean on Gibson. He's going to get 25 to 30 carries, especially if those guys are out. Can't go away from him. He's got to be the bell cow. Supremely talented. 
Um, and he's, no matter what, with the fumbles, again, he's the bell cow and a very, very talented running back who's only going to get better in this league, especially if he holds onto the ball like he should. Um, if Terry is out, even if he isn't, they need to get Curtis the ball. If Curtis is able to play, Curtis has a new hamstring injury, so they need him out there. He's one of the best offensive players, like I said earlier in the podcast, and he needs the ball. I've said it multiple times. He can get it in a multitude of ways out of the backfield, in the slot, outside receivers, X or Y. Um, they need to work some plays for him. Uh, Cam Sims has COVID, so I don't know if he's going to be able to play, but if he's able to play, um, I think he needs to be featured more, especially if Terry is out. If JD's able to play, they need to work him in as much as possible because he is one of the most talented offensive players in this team. Definitely got to see Ricky Seals Jones get more looks and uh, even uh, John Bates, especially if there's Sims or Terry is not able to go. Ricky Seals Jones is a talented tight end and they need to feature him, especially if those guys are out. Uh, Humphreys is great in the slot. He's going to get some more looks. DeAndre Carter is going to have to make some plays. Um, again, Carter came. Is Curtis Samuels light, so try to get him some opportunities that way, same way you could do to Curtis. Try to work in Yami for a shot downfield. The guy's got speed, no matter what. He can get down the field. Uh, if this Washington line give him Terry some time, excuse me, Taylor some time, maybe they can hit Yami for a deep shot down the field, especially if they run a lot and do some play action. Philly can be had on a deep play, so I think they need to take advantage of that. Um, it's not impossible with those guys out, but it's going to be a hell of a lot tougher. I'm not going to sugarcoat it. Um, hopefully, they can have at least one or two of those guys back, whether it's Terry JD or Cam Sims or whatever, but this team needs them, uh, especially in such a such a crucial, crucial game. This team fights like hell. Um, they do, and they did it last week to come back, and they're not going to make excuses. And I know Ron's not going to make excuses. They know how important this game is. And they will play like it, even if they're 17 to 20 men get guys down like they are at this point. If those guys are back, I have watched the team winning 20 to 17, or at least get a few of those guys back to get back to 500. But at this rate of this recording on Wednesday, with all this uncertainty, I have Philly winning the game 23 to 17. Hopefully I'm wrong, and hopefully those guys are able to get cleared before Sunday. But unfortunately right now, uh, I think all Washington fans know it's a little gloomy right now with everything, um, with the COVID situation. Moving fantasy football, you have Rashad Penny, Seattle running back. He was a first-round pick four years ago. He's been more of a bust since then, been injured a lot. 137 yards, 16 carries, two touchdowns last week. His best game of his career by far. Again, off the, off the injured first-round pick, finally getting a shot. Um, tougher matchup going against the Rams this week, but he's going to have the volume because he's the number one running back right now. San Francisco running back Jeff Wilson Jr. going against the Falcons. Really good matchup this week. He had 13 carries, 56 yards. If Elijah Mitchell is not able to go, Wilson's going to get the start again. Um, and again, with Falcons, is a poor run defense. So I think Wilson can have you know, a good day for someone in the fantasy playoffs. You have the charter running backs, Justin Jackson and Josh Kelly. Uh, Eckler is questionable to go on Thursday night. Kelly had 10, catches 40, 10 touches for 42 yards in relief last week. Kelly had 10 attempts for 33 yards, 20 touches to divide up if Eckler is out. And that's with Eckler playing some of that game. So maybe there's 30 touches to go around between those two. I try to take a look at both of them if you guys can for your playoffs. We got Lion running back Craig Reynolds going against the Cardinals. He had 11 carries for 83 yards. He was a lead back with all the injuries and COVID in that backfield. If DeAndre Swift's coming back, that's going to kind of neutralize Greg Reynolds' impact on the game. But if he gets him their start, they would definitely consider him giving him a start um, going against the Cardinals. Uh, for receiver, you have Gabriel Davis, the Bills receiver, um, talented second-year player out of UCF, former fourth-round fourth round pick. They're playing host to the Carolina Panthers this week, who obviously are reeling. Uh, Gabriel Davis has five catches and 43 yards. And a touchdown on eight targets last week. Sanders might be uh, out with an injury, so he can be the number two receiver in that offense outside of Stephon Diggs, obviously. And that's a really good matchup going against Carolina. Well, with that, that will include this Roman League episode. 
Washington team is coming off a tough loss against their bitter rival, the Dallas Cowboys, and need to get back on track against Philly this week. Obviously, it's a tall task, but hopefully the team will be up for it. I hope some of these fantasy tips help in your leagues. Next week, I'll be back with a new episode looking back at the Eagles game, along with a preview of the Washington football team Cowboys game for round two. You can follow me on Twitter at NFLScout21 and Instagram at RomanRLeague underscore pod. Thanks for listening. Please rate and subscribe. This is your host, Tyler Roman, signing off. See you next time.